Yeah, I could hear you pretty well. Amazing. So we could start. I'm so happy it works. Hello, everyone. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Decentralized Volume 4, the DeFi Expert Talks hosted by Fringe Finance. This podcast is available on Spotify, Google, and Amazon Podcasts, YouTube, and many more. My name is Konstantin Shurokov, and I will be your host today for a conversation with an amazing guest. Meet Palina, crypto girl, who is a host and social media lead of OffChain, the biggest offline web-free community network in the world. Hi, Palina. Thank you for joining us today. How are you? Hi, hi, Konstantin. I'm very good. Thank you so much for hosting me today. I'm very excited to be here, and I can't wait uh, to dive deep into our conversation today. Awesome. Could you please introduce yourself first to our listeners? Yeah, definitely. So, hi all, I'm Polina. Um, I work at Travala as a community manager and social media lead. And I also happen to be a host of Offchain Podcast. And I've been doing social media for Offchain for over a year. Um, before I joined Travala, and I still play um, a huge part in off-chain, but it's mostly behind the scenes. Uh, I help organizing new chapters and um, connect people, and uh, is sometimes if I have sponsors, they reach out to me first so I can guide them to the, to the right place, and um, that's how my role in off-chain looks like at the moment. Also, whenever we have Twitter spaces, I try to join from off-chain global account to spread the word and um, yeah, just attract new members, I guess, for these um, amazing opportunities to connect to people directly. Awesome, awesome. So how, how could you do so much things? <laughs> Is it what, like one person could handle all of that? Uh, no, no, of course yeah. not. Like there, there are so many people who are helping out. There are people who are making posters, you know. Uh, there are people who, of course, the hosts of the chapters, uh, founders of different chapters. There, there are more than two hundred off-chain founders, like all over the world, because each we have more than seventy chapters, and some chapters uh were there before but then uh, founders moved on so they're closed but we still call them off-chain founder because i feel like if you were off-chain founder once <laughs> you deserve to have that title for a while <laughs> and yeah, yeah could, you, they're... could you please provide more more insights and what is off-chain global and what is its mission before we dive deeper into the details about the chapters and how it all structured uh, yeah, definitely. So some people, when they come to chain, they're very confused of what we do. And it's actually so simple that people start overthinking. But <laughs> in the natural, is the place where people can meet offline and talk about Web3, blockchain, cryptocurrency, and uh, NFTs, everything that is connected to the Web3 space, basically. Um, DeFi, GameFi, you name it. We have uh, investors, founders, business development guys, programmers, newbies, you know, uh, people who know nothing about uh, crypto and who just like bought a piece of Bitcoin maybe two days ago. We have all sorts of people. But in a nutshell, 
off-chain is a safe place where everybody is welcomed if they are interested to learn new things and expand their network. And how has it all started? Who is the founder and where was the original chapter? Also, legends say <laughs> that the original chapters were in Shenzhen and Shanghai. They started at the same time. It was founded by Jonathan and uh, Abel, uh, two great guys uh, who happened to live in China at the time. Um, and uh, there was a community, I think it was healthcare drinks or something like this weird that was healthcare and but anyway, and they decided to start uh, doing this uh, off-chain meetup uh, dedicated to web-free space. Because at that time, I mean, it was like five years ago, right? It was quite new. So um, if we feel kind of like, I don't know, not like underground, but we feel kind of nerdy when we talk about it now, imagine how it was five years ago. <laughs> So yeah, that was the story of creation um, of chain and the original chapters. Uh, like nothing special, just people gathered together and decided to do something together. But it it grew so big afterward. Yeah, uh, I, I, I imagine how people feel like five years, like five, six years ago, and even uh, earlier, because I was in the space and crypto when you when you start talking about it. It was rather about, you know, trading or it was considered a scam. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure, for sure, yeah. By the way, I would like to listen to your off-chain because uh, we met through off-chain, funny enough, like about a year ago. And, uh, yeah, I'd like to hear how you joined because uh, I don't think you ever told me that. Uh, my my off-chain story is completely off-chain because uh, I knew about some event. It was in Dubai from from my friends and colleagues, uh, and it was incredible. It was set up on the villa at Palm Jumeirah in the luxury neighborhood. So the the people there were like uh, VCs and private investors, founders all over the world from USA, from Saudi Arabia, from United Arab Emirates. So it was both a great conversation, new connections and awesome time, you know, swimming in the Gulf at night with great weather and, you know, great people. So my first experience was so outstanding that I decided to dive deeper and, you know, check what other chapters and when I, uh, arrive to some new location, uh, I'll always join the local community and try my best to to visit all the events that are happening. And what was your story? How ha have you joined off-chain? Yeah, so it was very weird. I lived in China at the time. Yeah. Um, by the way, I think from your story, my favorite part is that you join off-chain in every place that you visit. Like if you go to Kuala Lumpur, yeah, that's right. There, if you go to like any other place, you just uh, find off-chain community there. You reach out to people, and you immediately have lots of friends. Like I think that's the best, the best part. Like I could not not comment on that. 
Uh, yeah, but um, my story um, was that I was in China and it was COVID time and I was very bored and um, I didn't know anything about blockchain at the time, but I wanted to invest money somewhere. And then I happened to meet a person who was running a chapter there and I go to the first meeting and I couldn't understand anything what they're talking about. I still remember it was November 2021, I think, November 3rd. No, it was 20. I don't even remember. Yeah, yeah, November 2021. And it was so weird because I couldn't understand anything, even though like they spoke in the language that I understand. So I just go back home and I try to like learn about blockchain. I literally put like a piece of paper, uh, a notebook, a pen, and I started writing down like what is blockchain, what is the transaction hash and so on and so forth, like all the abbreviations. I go back to the meeting in two weeks and <laughs> I'm like much well pre more well prepared. And yeah, we just started from there. Then we started uh, meeting every week because we started investing into different meme coins and ideas. I mean, it was bull market, right? Everybody was hyped and we thought that we are going to the moon and we were pretty much partying every week. So my off-chain experience was so positive that it's like insane. It's kind of like yours. Uh, I was hooked from like the first meetup. I couldn't believe that you can meet smart people, like basically in the place where I lived. Yeah, that's basically the reason why I reached out uh, originally about this podcast, because of, I'm a fan personally. Uh, can, can you share any you know success stories or something like this of uh, in terms of fostering meaningful connections or contributing to the growth except yourself in that case okay so we have a lot <laughs> like a lot of success stories i'd like to talk about keman uh Kema is the founder of off-chain istanbul um and she joined of chain also not so such a long time ago um but um, at the time she was living in istanbul and she just moved there and she didn't have a lot of friends um, but she and other two people they decided to start these meetups and it was such a huge success that now like they have to find sponsors to book the venues because each meetup has like 150 or 200 people and they are like they're forced to sell tickets otherwise they're going to be too many people you know and uh, that's that's amazing and she also started her own company she works in web free marketing and um, like she she made uh, wonderful connections through off chain and uh, it allowed her to network and it also allowed so many people to have a space to come and connect. And yeah, apart, uh, I, I mean, I found the job through off-chain, right? They, my first, uh, let's say, like job in the space. And uh, there are a number of people who managed to find a full-time position and transition from non-crypto to crypto through off-chain. And I think that's what we're most proud of is when not when we are moving people like from web two to web three or something, but when we move people from like not relate like from not related uh, industries to uh, crypto, it's quite amazing. 
um, yeah. It's interesting how still in the you know era post COVID and completely digital, still it's so important to have a networking offline, and it you know boosts so much the conversation and you know uh, the connection between people. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. I feel like it will never replace, the online thing will never replace actually connecting one-on-one, like no matter what kind of metaverse <laughs> people are trying to create, uh, good old like uh, meetup at the bar will still be there. It's like something embedded in our culture. Yeah, you have mentioned... Uh overbooking of some of the meetings and I remember one event after uh, after crypto conference where in the bar uh, I've spoken with uh, with an owner and he said that the venue was booked for 100 people <laughs> and <laughs> around 300 came and he was forced to <laughs> uh, to buy more of alcohol and he his face was so you know, he was not happy at all about that because he subscribed for providing free drinks and so on. Yeah, that's so funny. Oh my god, that's really funny. Where was it again? It was in Hong Kong. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. No, Hong Kong is crazy. Yeah, and it's also crazy expensive. Poor guy. <laughs> and given the number of chapters and meetings, I'm pretty sure there were also some, you know crazy or funny stories that happened during the off-chain meetups. Could you share some? Yeah, so I know some crazy stories, but I couldn't get approval to share them before this podcast. So I think I can only share my crazy story. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm afraid some people will be upset. <laughs> but yeah, uh, when we had off-chain, we basically were partying till, till the morning. And like one time... Uh, we went so crazy that like everybody and you have to imagine like these are people like 40 50 years old so like right there like have families and but everybody was dancing on the table at the bar you know and <laughs> that was like the the picture was so bizarre you know that uh it's just forever in my mind it's like not the craziest story that you probably like expected to hear <laughs> but um it's just super fun Yeah, and where, where was that? Uh, it was in uh, China, in uh, Suzhou. Mm. Yeah, we have, uh, you have mentioned that chapter and Istanbul, and where are located the most active communities, in your opinion? Oh, there are, let me think, where are our most active communities? Uh, Bali is pretty active. Um, it's um, it's pumping, I would say. Lisbon, of course, one of our most successful chapters. They're always, uh, they meet up regularly and they're sponsors, they're speakers. And Pedro and Jose from Lisbon, they are making, like they're doing amazing job in making this uh, community uh, very prosperous. Uh, in Kuala Lumpur, I think there is a great chapter, and it's uh, also the group <laughs> where, like, me and you met each other. Uh, so, 
also before the DC in states uh, was very active, but uh, not uh, not maybe recently. But before they were also meeting quite regularly, and it was a strong community. Chicago, yeah, Chicago, of course. Uh, Tokyo is great. Uh, Singapore, Singapore, they have meet up like regularly, maybe once a month, and they book also very nice venues, you know, in the Marina Bay. Um, Milan is amazing. George is the great guy and he has his own venues. So it's uh, very easy to do uh, meetups there because in like in Europe, you if you have a huge number of people, you definitely have to agree with the venue in advance. And it's much easier for us if the founder has their own spot. Um, Rome is starting uh, in Italy, but the the community is very strong. So I hope it will go well. So basically, like anywhere in Europe, Asia, US, you can always walk in and have some drinks and connect with people. Um, we also have a number of chapters in South America, Australia, and Africa, but uh, they are less frequent and um, uh, you'd like need to monitor when they're happening. But Europe, Asia, US are great. Wow, so global coverage of your chapters. Yeah, pretty much from Tokyo to San Francisco and like with Paris in between, like you, you name the country, I will tell you the chapter there. And do, do you know, you know, many hosts and, you know, founders of the chapters? Uh, yeah, yeah, like we have, um, we have two global groups, like one for Chinese side in WeChat and for Global Bird in Telegram. And yeah, we have over 200 founders. So um, uh, Jonathan knows everybody personally. I know some because I helped uh, organizing some of the first events in a number of cities. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm connected like with everybody. Maybe I don't know them personally, but uh, they probably know me because <laughs> I'm uh, uh, kind of trying to hold it together on the online front, right? Um, the, the biggest challenge of our community is that we are offline, so we don't have like necessarily such a big uh, online presence. Yeah, but that's uh, that is not something it was intended to be, right? It was intended more to be an, an, uh, a network of off-chain events and locations. And how do uh, what do you do to expand and incentivize the growth of the community? <laughs> yes, it's funny. When I was a founder on the founder level, I was just talking about it to all of my friends and I was inviting them to join. Uh, and uh, there, is, uh, there, was a, there was my friend who joined Ofchain and it inspired him to start coding and he, he's still learning Python uh, and it's been two years. So uh, if I was the founder, I was just mostly networking offline again. Uh, and promoting in different groups um, because um, I was always an expat. And if you're an expat in another country, you probably have groups of people like in your phone, uh, like about everything. And you just post the uh, announcements there in like party groups and museum groups and so on and so forth. And that's how I was growing. And now we are 
focusing. So the process looks like this. If you want to set up a new chapter, you cannot do it online, right? You have to have a person on the ground who will actually host the meeting. So first you have to find the person in that city and it's uh, you can do it through like various ways uh you probably know somebody from that city already if you if you spend like <laughs> as much time in the space as we are or you literally can uh, reach out through your network or through linkedin uh just uh, put like the put yourself on a display if you want to connect with uh, somebody from another place to do something there you just basically need to reach out to those people as simple as that sorry can you hear me now oh yeah i can hear you now and how do you know uh that's how do you promote that on the local level and what do you do to incentivize, you know, the growth of the new chapters? Um, yeah, so we we focus on uh, two levels. Uh, first is uh, offline promotion and online promotion. Uh, and uh, sometimes chapters grow organically. Um, so... If a person, for example, they were traveling, they joined the city, they liked it a lot, and then they want to have that in their own city, uh, in my opinion, it's the best because then they like can really understand what of China is about. And um, um, otherwise, if you want to have a chapter in your city, just reach out to us and uh, we can start talking. We are also creating right now guidelines for the founders and recommendations. So it's going to be like a comprehensive guidebook on how to start option chapter in your city, which I think is incredible. And uh, yeah, we have all logos ready. So if you want, like, you can print the banners. And some chapters do like amazing like merchandise thing where they put option logo on like their laptops and stickers and we even did these uh, metal cards for writing down your seed phrase. Uh, so just a metal card with like off-chain logo on one side and a seed phrase on another side. Uh, yeah, there's so much stuff to be honest. Sounds interesting. Uh, when I visited uh, the last event here locally in Thailand, uh, the, the founders, they used and even write and they also promoted the event through Instagram and in local Telegram groups. What are other tools that founders use and what are, in your opinion, the most effective, except for shilling uh, in the groups like museums and your local friends there? I would say the most effective tool, surprisingly, is uh, LinkedIn, you know, because uh, LinkedIn allows you to directly reach out to person who is in the city. Um, because uh, in LinkedIn you can see the location and you can filter people by location. Um, and um, if uh, like initial outreach in the city, I think we advise most of the founders just uh, like check their LinkedIn network and reach out to key people in the city because it always works like this. If you get like a person who is... Uh, uh, already in web free space, they know a lot of people, and then basically it's the 
the word just uh, like spreads by itself. <laughs> People like talking. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I believe in that even much more people came, uh, you know, from the network effect rather from, you know, the direct advertisement. It normally happens like that. Yeah, yeah. And how is, uh, I, I do understand how off-chain is structured, but how do you veto the new chapters? Is there something like a trial period for the new founders? Oh yeah, so it's a, it's a tricky moment, right? Because uh, um, like it's, uh, it's hard to work with people sometimes and uh, everybody has different ideas. And sometimes, yeah, unfortunately, we have to close the chapters for various reasons. And I don't, I don't want to like go into the conflict side of things because uh, it's, uh, I don't think it's uh, uh, appropriate like to share. But um, <clears throat> sometimes um, we have to close the chapters. Most of the time it's just uh, happening because the founders were very active in the beginning then after they move on, whether they find a new job that is more uh, challenging or they move to another city or they just lose interest, um, then we, if we cannot find anybody from the community who can take care uh, of the chapter, uh, we unfortunately have to close it and just uh, maybe keep it on standby until we find the right person. Because every chapter, is, like they have to have at least one person who is dedicated and who can organize events because we we cannot organize events if we are not in that city. It's uh, just uh, not possible. Got it. Completely makes sense. And, you know, you have a, a global network of the communities with the web free people. And is there any business model associated with uh, off-chain global? Or do you leave it up to the local chapters or is it strictly non-profitable? Yeah, so right now there is no business model. I keep uh, like, <laughs> we keep uh, thinking about it, but uh, right now we are in a, a growth stage and everything like what we do is on pure enthusiasm. Uh, local chapters do have sponsors uh, and and uh, they they mostly sponsor the events um, and we do not directly earn money from them. Sponsor events in terms of, for example, if you need a venue for, let's say, 50 people in Milan, like it's going to cost you, you know, so you need to have sponsors for those kind of events. Um, and sometimes we also like manage to offer free drinks to people that come. I unfortunately have never been on the chapter where I had free drinks. I wish I did. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, so that's how it looks like. Yeah, you need really to, <laughs> to come down to that. But free drink is a requirement <laughs> for a meetup. It will, it will be one of the most productive tools, right? To, <laughs> yeah, exactly. to promote it. <laughs> true, true, true. It's like this. If you have an online event, like uh, offer money. If you have an offline event, or offer like free drinks and you'll get like a number of people to show up. I'm joking, of course, but unfortunately, like sometimes it's what you, what, the card that you have to play. Yeah, and you are also the host of Off Chain Podcast. 
Could you tell more about that? Who do you invite? What is the purpose of that? Exactly. So how I like to say is <clears throat> we like to uh, provide the opportunity for our members to speak to the top voices of the industry. And we have very diverse um, list of guests. We had the CEO of Centralized Crypto Exchange. We had a founder of a meme coin who don't want to dox themselves, you know. And uh, like, I still don't know who the guy is, actually. <laughs> and we had the, I don't know, Justin Sun, you know, the, the crypto billionaire, the founder of Tron, and now he bought Hobby and so on. We had... Yeah, I think you know him pretty well, right? Uh, well, no, not really well, but uh, yeah. We... <laughs> We, the, the main goal for the podcast is to, um, first of all, show the community that uh, everybody has their own story and everybody is on their different timeline. And uh, we want to provide the insights into people's thinking. And we want to provide the opportunity to learn directly from those people. Uh, because we structure the conversation so everybody can understand. We normally do not script uh, questions in advance. It's just a free discussion. And um, we prefer the natural flow of conversation. And sometimes the discussion can have unpredicted turns. And it's becoming like very heated if we have <laughs> polar opinions on something. Uh, yeah, but overall, I love podcasts a lot because it's a great opportunity for me as a person to connect with those individuals. Yeah, sounds so interesting. I think the lack of some, you know, confrontation in the podcast is, uh, is, 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 is what makes them boring sometimes because it is always like, wow, so great idea and you're doing a good job. Sometimes, you know, bad ideas need to be confronted. And even on the podcast, it's really interesting to hear such a conversation. Could you point out to the most, you know, interesting episode, in your opinion, that you have hosted? Oh, I don't have, like, my favorite. But I think the conversation with Josh from Origin Protocol was, was very interesting. And uh, we, depending what you like, you know, because the topics are very different. Somebody who likes uh, like to know more about legislation, for example, they will listen to the podcast where we discuss the regulations in crypto. So I think it's very personal. And uh, you can just see the names and decide to yourself. But I think it's very interesting what you said about uh, that, um, like we shouldn't praise people on the podcast, right? Because you have a podcast, I do the podcast. And now basically our whole conversation was that we... We are learning about off-chain and we are very happy to learn about it. But if I'm pretty sure if we had a heated discussion, like you would say that like off-chain is just like the worst community ever and like try to prove me that it's actually good, that would be probably like more exciting. But again, like you start thinking like, is it appropriate to do so? Like, why do we need to like go for the hype instead of just for actually like meaningful connection? And I feel that in social media right now, there is uh, too much of this content that they're trying to make drama out of nothing. 
And uh, I appreciate that there are still like spaces where just people don't do it and they just appreciate uh, the topic and they can listen to that without being tricked into uh, like str having strong feelings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would definitely say, you know, uh, I would make a drama about off-chain if it wasn't actually a great idea and a great, you know, community. So I'm, I'm honest here and not, you know, praising just, just for praising. <laughs> I see, I see, I see. Okay. <laughs> I'm looking ahead. What are the future plans and goals for off-chain? Yeah, so our aspiration is to raise the community to 100 chapters around the world. And it's going to be that milestone that is uh, very significant. Um, so, yeah, the the future plan is 100 chapters of off-chain globally. So good, so good. Uh, I don't have any more questions, but we have one of the guests who has requested to speak. Oh, yeah, sure. Bring them up. Yeah, he just dropped off. Oh, no. You can speak, Mr. Godwin. Your mic is muted, by the way. Okay. Can you hear me? Good morning. Can you hear me? Yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. I just came into the space now. And I, I love what you're discussing about growing communities. It's really interesting. It's really, really interesting. And I love it. And I would like to, you know, I just came into the Web3 space like a year ago, and I love everything that is actually thriving in this space. And I would like to help in any community, any community that you take me into to help you grow the community. I've really had some experiences in some communities. So I would also like to contribute my value in growing communities like yesterday. I've written some threads for some communities and that's what I do, you know, to gain more experience in the communities. Thank you. So is it like you are looking for, for a job? Yeah, you say what? Uh, are you looking for, a, you know, something like a moderator position or community lead? Okay, yeah, 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 something of that nature. And do you have a question to Paulina? Sure. Uh, do you have any questions to Paulina? No, I don't have any questions right now, but as time goes on, okay. yeah. Okay, thank you. Okay, yeah. That's awesome to hear. Yeah, by the way, off-chain, in Telegram, we have off-chain jobs. So definitely should join. There's uh, more than a thousand people. And uh, I know people who found a job through that group. So you can just post what you're looking for. And uh, hopefully some people will reach out. We have one more guest. Yeah, uh, 10-8, you're on stage. Hey, hey, how's it going? Um, sorry, guys, uh, 
I had a reminder for this space because I saw Off Chain was speaking and then <laughs> completely blanked out on it, uh, but couldn't uh, miss the opportunity to ask Paulina uh, a question. I mean, I, I guess um, you were probably already discussing this, but I want to know um, what have you seen to be the difference um, in you know building Off Chain communities versus On Chain, right? So like. IRL versus online. Um, what are some of the interesting differences you've noted and, you know, how can people build better IRL meetups um, or, or events? Oh, that's a great question. Thank you so much. Like, I, I have to probably pause for like for a bit and think about it. Um, I think that uh you have to understand that in real life meetups, they cannot scale as fast as the online communities can. And uh, it requires definitely much more effort to organize offline meetup rather than online. So you can create like an online AMA or Twitter spaces. You post it online and you have like a bunch of people show up. But for offline meetup, people, they're they invest their time, right? And like they have to move somewhere, they have to go. So probably they have more questions about it. Like nobody will ever, nobody ever reached out to me uh, online and asking like, oh, can I join this AMA? Is it okay to join this AMA if I have like uh, nothing to say, you know? And um, for, <laughs> for offline communities, people are sometimes shy and like they would like to learn about crypto, but it's very challenging to go to a new space that you don't know nothing about. Like I was terrified the first time when I was joining off-chain because I didn't know anything about uh, about anything basically. And I that's why I understand these people very well. And you just need more time for offline events and you need to be much more um, compassionate, I would say, and friendly to really make feel everybody welcomed. Because when you have diverse amount of people uh, offline, you as a host, you have to make sure that everybody feels uh, welcomed. And sometimes it's not easy because I heard stories about chapters where a group of people just becoming arrogant. And uh, that's why like people come to the event, but they are very disappointed because they didn't feel um, like they belong there you know and uh, so hosts actually they they sometimes have to like literally work uh make sure that everybody have something to talk about and everybody feels comfortable so that's the biggest difference that sometimes if you organize online events you don't realize that how hard it is actually organize something offline i i love that um I mean, I'm I'm very passionate about meeting people in person. It's what I'm trying to do with um, with my project, and um, I don't want to shill that here. But um, I want to focus um, more on the fact that off chain has. I mean, despite you saying it's hard to grow, you guys are about you know twenty, thirty thousand people from what I know, right? Um, so you you've encountered a lot of these um, issues. And now moving slightly away, and I'm sorry um, if I'm hogging, um, you know, the space, uh, and I'm not sure how long uh, this uh, is going on for. But um, yeah, um, so, you know, talking about events, there's been uh, definitely a very negative vibe 
to a lot of the events happening in the space, right? For good or for bad, uh, in the sense, some events, yes, were run terribly. Some events were run well, but there was still a lot of criticism. So, um, what do you think takes? What do you think it takes to run a good event? Um, you you did mention yes, the host, but do you think it has something to do with the speakers? Do you think it has something to do with the community or or the attendees that come in? Right? Uh, do you think it has something to do with maybe interesting activations, interesting activities that are happening? Um, so, what what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, good question. The um, if you have an offline event that uh, with people who like nobody knows each other, right? And um, probably will be a good idea uh, to plan something like the introduction part, for example, and little activity to get to know each other. Literally like a most simple game where you take some uh, pieces of like tissues, you know, and then how many tissues the person have, that's how many sentences they have to say about yourself, you know, like think about literally games from kindergarten to, to play with adults to break the ice. And um, in off-chain, most of the time people somehow are familiar with each other already, so we don't necessarily need to uh, start from scratch. And um, I do believe that both formats, when we have speakers and if we don't have any speakers and people just free to talk to whoever they want, are very good. The, more, the important thing is also the venue, you know, because if the venue is overcrowded, for example, or opposite, like feels uh, uh, very like spacious and it's obviously that there's less people than it could be. Um, so need to keep the balance because venue plays a big part. Um, if you have speakers, you're probably not going to do it at the bar, right? Because, but at the same time, if you don't have speakers, you probably don't uh, want to rent like a lecture room and you would probably, better idea would be go to the restaurant with ability to move in between the tables. So it really depends on each uh, case. Fantastic. Um, and I have just one last question, and I promise I'm going to shut up. And it is a personal... Yeah, feel free. Um, thanks, thanks uh, brother. Uh, so it is a, a personal question. Now, I'm, I'm not extrovert. I'm not introvert. I'm, you know, so on something in the middle, let's just put it right. I'm good on one-on-one -on -one conversations. But the biggest issue I have when I go for these is um, how do I get in into a certain conversation that's already happening? Right. So, yes, th let's say there are no icebreaker activities. I don't know anybody. People don't know me. So how have you navigated? Like you said, it was scary for you in the beginning as well, which I'm sure you've uh, got better at. So what has been your um, approach to it? Oh, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good question. It comes to your social skills, right? Um, you... Um you navigate conversation uh, first, like what I do if I don't know anything about the conversation that is happening and I just stand like next to people. Uh, I literally just stand next to people and listen. And then I ask a question, like that simple as that. And uh, you might, like the pe people, they're just afraid to be stupid. They're afraid to look stupid. And we tend to think that we have to know everything. And the truth is that we just cannot know anything, everything. And uh, we have to understand that, uh, like, nobody cares about you. 
like literally nobody gives anything about you so you just need to go and talk and uh just be yourself and be respectful and be grateful and people love giving their advice you know you're asking me question and i'm happy that you're asking me question because it's, it's natural to be happy when you're talking about the thing that you're interested in and when another person is interested in it and you can just start from there yeah so definitely join like off-chain event somewhere um i don't know where you're based uh, but uh, yeah if you have a chapter nearby definitely visit and uh, connect so good yeah it really makes you feel important when people are interested in your opinion and we have yeah we have one more question Defy for Sir, you are on stage. Yeah, you are muted, by the way. Hello? It's great. Oh, hi, we can hear you. Hey. Yeah, I just want to say it was a really nice uh, conversation, nice to listen to, and... Uh, in the yeah, when I was listening, found the my local off chain group, so that was cool to uh, get a v vision into that. So yeah, thanks for taking the time. It was good stuff. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining. Thank you for joining everybody. And as a community manager, <laughs> reminder, uh, please uh, follow each other. Every account who is here, and I'll try to follow you back from my personal account. And uh, it was a pleasure. Uh, it's really nice when people are connecting and uh, I strive for global crypto adoption. So let's bring it together. Yeah, thank you, everyone. Thank you, Polina. It was Decentralized Volume 4, the DeFi Expert Talks hosted by Fringe Finance. Listen to this podcast on Spotify, Google and Amazon Podcasts, YouTube and many more. And see you in the next episode. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Have a good day, everyone. Thank you.